you may or may not know about me that I love a folly, right? I enjoy mm. uh, those times when man's hubris and lack of taste and, you know, crass nature is is given its time in the spotlight. I enjoy mm. just how tasteless mankind can demonstrate itself to be. There was, <laughs> uh, you know, an example of exactly that this past week with, you know, the fucking old geezer just about not quite going to space to oh, yeah. to the rest of the world's resounding disinterest. Right. Um, you know, that, that was the amusing thing about that is that barely anyone gave a fuck. But what yeah. I'm... <laughs> What I'm going to talk about today is, is an, you know, it's it's another perfect example of that. It's a huge example of just the the most awful shit people will create given enough, uh, you know, enough money, enough time, and enough total lack of self awareness, right? Mm. And, you know, from a social perspective, I can't believe that culturally we don't talk about it. We don't talk about this thing. We don't talk about. We've there's just been a kind of a cultural decision. That we don't talk about the fact uh, that in in 2010 there was a fucking a Spider-Man mu- musical, right? <laughs> a Broadway <laughs> event uh, called Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark, uh, and it, it, it just became more and more as as it imploded and was reborn and was rewritten and got funded and funded and funded. It became different forms of itself, co-written by fucking Bono and the Edge for fuck's sake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Described by 60 Minutes as a comic book rock opera circus. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and coming in that, you know, superhero cinema hadn't quite worked out what it wanted to do with itself at that right. point either. You know? Yeah, we're one, one year out from Iron Man at that point. Exactly right? that. We're still in that kind of weird, janky, you know, the, the formula hadn't quite been written yet for what superhero global uh, success would look like. So we have this fucking curiosity. Um... And all of the signs were there from day fucking one. Uh, and that's before it became so big that it could crush bodies and leave broken careers <laughs> and fucking traumatise audiences in its wake. I mean, the, the the aesthetic of this fucking abortion... And coming as a student of theatre, I hate theatre for a long yeah. part, right? And I studied it for a long, long time and spent a lot of, a lot of my time thinking about it. Um, and... You know the 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 aesthetic that this had the the worst excesses of Joel Schumacher's run at Batman. You know his gaudy right. neons, um, uh, along with the kind of huge foam outfits of a of a guar concert. You know it it looks for all intents and purposes as though you see guar. <laughs> I have Broadway. never heard anyone relate this to guar before, but this the first wrong. thing those costumes make me think of is guar, and you know the ridiculous complexity that this show demanded in order to pull off its its ridiculously ambitious uh you know menu of airborne stunts and aerial fighting and fucking huge broadway numbers while suspended above the audience swinging fights all all while encased in gigantic amounts of foam fucking you know let's forget the fact that it rode roughshod over spider-man as a character um <laughs> deciding weirdly thanks to you know again hubris from the creators that that initial drafts of it get wound up in kind of greek tragedy um, okay. uh, and uh, a brand new characters being invented and just thrown in and, and linked to Greek tragedy. I don't know why they would do that. Um, but, you know, the money kept going up and up and up. Uh, it's still to this day the most expensive Broadway show ever. Um, 
which is incredible because it really is so hard to get something mm. funded on Broadway and things fail so fast. Like I have seen things that were phenomenal in previews and whatnot. And then yeah. like they're, they're gone within a month. 75 like, yeah. million is, is, is one of the figures I saw incredibly, right? Insane. Just to run all of the stupid shit to hang Spider-Man off the rigging or whatever was like uh, over a million per week. The musical would have checked this out. This is how, <laughs> oh how much God. they overshot. It would have needed to run for over five years, selling out every single show to break even. Right? <laughs> and forget breaking even, let's talk breaking bones, right? Yeah. Ooh, yep. God damn. Um, obviously, you know, it, it had lots and lots of, uh, uh, you know, getting to the day before opening before getting pulled again because of somebody yeeting themselves off a stage in a in a, in a preview <laughs> show um uh, a uh, a kind of a, a demonstration performance one of the body doubles was seriously injured uh during a flying stunt slammed into the stage broke both his wrists right during a preview Jeez. both wrists gone which for an aerial performer which for an actor a broadway performer is yeah, career that's, limiting that's you know great. it's career yep. ending um a second yeah, performer you don't just bounce back from that Certainly not. Um, that same stunt injured a second performer a month earlier. Uh, one of the lead actresses and Natalie Mendoza got boink hit in the head by a piece of equipment hanging from a rope uh, during the first ever performance. Uh, concussed and out of the show for two weeks. Came back though. Fair play. She came back for a while <laughs> uh, before deciding to to maybe seek other opportunities. But the the most intense. Um, one of the many, many Spider-Men of the musical, a guy called Chris Tierney, while performing an aerial stunt mid-performance, uh, fell 21 feet, which oh. and this and this oh. was this was a an absolute motherfucker. Broke vertebra, broke ribs, uh, skull oh. fractures, elbow injuries, um, and more. They keep going. You know what I mean? That that uh, the 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 lady who replaced the last girl who walked out, our girl who was hit by falling. Uh, you know, debris. Uh, she also was injured during a uh, battle scene on stage. She was the fifth consecutive castmate who sustained an injury during the production before it even kind of opened. Um, and then you add in the fact that it was getting shit reviews as well. It was getting yeah. completely panned. It's like it's not even like I've sacrificed my body for this beautiful this piece art, of this art, towering it's... piece of art, which is going to define Nobody careers. Nobody liked it. No one was interested, and it was just burning money and ruining lives, man. Um, yeah, and it, it it feels very fertile ground for for Netflix to move in on. It feels like very very fertile ground for a documentary. I know there have been books. There's been a book written about it by those involved. But like I like I said at the start, the hubris on this scale, a, a lack of self awareness on this scale that can be allowed to grow teeth like this, uh, and it feels as though we should talk about it more and investigate exactly what happened there. And I'd like that to happen, please. That's a really good point. What's really f- funny to, I mean at the time it was definitely like you know 30 rock was still on at that point and they were making fun of it all the time uh-huh. and it was like culturally for that 10 minutes like everywhere you couldn't you couldn't go anywhere without hearing about the mess okay. of that play so it did have like a a moment but yeah we don't really it just kind of like faded to the background and we just like do not speak of that anymore mm. What's funny for me as someone who actually is into theater and loves Broadway and all that kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. I, I follow uh, Patrick Page and um, 
Reeve Carney, who are both in that, and they speak really fondly of the experience. Oh, really? Like, yeah, like they they'll bring it up on their Instagrams. Oh, wow. Like it was like just this great thing. Like Reeve Carney sees it as having like launched his career. He is the lead in Hades Town, which is one of my absolute favorite musicals of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and Patrick Page plays Hades in Hades Town. Um, and they, yeah, they talk about it. Like it was this like wow. really great experience. And every time they post, I'm like, I. Are we really talking about... This? Did they just do that one at Universal Studios, that Spider-Man musical they had there for a while? Because this does not compute with what I hear about it. Mm. So I absolutely would love to watch like a documentary about this. Maybe it's like a bonding through suffering thing. Like, you yeah, know, just maybe being the in... 15-year anniversary, we can get them back for, you know, for drinks right. and get them to, <laughs> yeah, to shoot the like, shit. Please, oral history of Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, whatever. Mm. I have never heard a song from this musical, which I think is also funny because, again, I am very into that scene. You would think I would have at least accidentally heard it somewhere. Songs by Bono and the Edge. Well, it had, you know, it had the the kind of full prestige release uh you mm-hmm. know music books were released and so on it's out there the score is out there youtube it's, is full yeah, you youtube is full I'm of i'm sure if TV i went to spotify right now yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you um, know what it's probably in my itunes i'm sure bono put it there when i got my computer <laughs> and like i just have never looked for it <laughs> no they were on letterman twice there's uh there are clips of them on letterman and on kimmel and whatnot uh at the time you want to know a, a fun fact though always i have a program from Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Shut A actual playbill. How come? How, how does this fall into your possession? <laughs> my friend Doug, uh, and this is Jerry Oki's friend as well, so okay. Jerry will know who I'm talking about. Also very into musicals. Mm. <laughs> and um, I had mentioned it, you know, and I think we had like probably a long drunken discussion at the bar about Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Wow. And um, he was like, I actually went and saw that on Broadway and I was like you actually saw this and mm. he was like yeah I still have the playbill somewhere and so I think it was my birthday he came into the bar and he <laughs> gave me the playbill from that so I absolutely have it it's like in a box on the side of the room with all my other when people get asked that question kind of where would you go and what would you do if you had a time machine you know people say Woodstock <laughs> Hendrix at the Isle sure. of Wight I'd, I'd kill Hitler no I would go see Spider-Man turn off the dark I'd go and catch one of those uh, one of those six performances where let the bodies hit the floor, you know. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold so- outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Mark. Corrigan. Um, I was on the on the Twitter. Oh, I know. And um. I know the Twitter. And a thing happened. Go on. Our friend Richard, mm. friend of the cast Richard. What a guy. Saw some. What a guy. I mean, what love a the dude. Stand-up guy. Absolutely. He saw someone stuck in quicksand. I've, I've literally just been following this. I don't see how it can be true. I don't know the detail yet. I'm not close to the detail. So I'd love to get some of that detail from you. I don't see how it could... Yeah, um, I know. It's I time was... for a generation to spring into action. 
<laughs> I'm very taken aback by this. Okay. So, of course, I needed more information mm. on what the heck happened here. Uh, so I asked him. And uh, this was in response to his initial tweet, which said, holy smokes, some poor bloke got full on quicksanded at (laughs) Cannon Hill Park. He's all good. Thanks to our amazing, amazing emergency services. I didn't know that could happen. Stay safe out there, folks. Which is like a warning. It just seems like all we need, doesn't it? (laughs) Now there's this. He had posted a sign um along with this is a picture of a sign that said um something like stay out deep silt i believe was what it said Mm -hmm. um and then he posted pictures of like a whole bunch of people standing around watching and you could see the emergency services like in the background something is actually happening so he said i only caught him getting oh he said uh he ended up about waist deep and it took about 30 minutes and 15 people to help. I only caught him getting unstuck. Well, and by the way, this is a response to me being like, well, what did he do? Did he stay still? How did they get him out? I wanted to know how this worked. Uh, so he said he only got, caught him getting unstuck, but they made a crosshatch of ladders and used some kind of suction hose to what? displace the air pocket. Is this like just uh, in the middle of the street? This is literally just... just... It's just a park. It's just a regular park, he said, and uh, he attributed it to the fact that they are always messing around with the water tables in Birmingham, so they get spontaneous boggy patches here and there. Uh, he said a new building, a uh, new build housing development near me flooded out within a month of people moving in. Um, so they had fenced off this area, but it's bonkers hot today. Uh, so uh, this guy, he said, probably sneaked off to. Bun a zoot? <laughs> that has he's got to be fucking with me. There's no way that's I assume a real he means, phrase. Uh, Smoking a fucking duba yeah. disease. Is that what he means? Okay. Exactly. Which, uh, as I put it to him, sounds like what Ford Prefect would say to <laughs> describe uh, smoking weed. But yes, to do that, he probably went off to um, smoke some weed and. Um, one leg got stuck and then the more he struggled, the deeper he got until his waist. And then he probably got heat exhaustion. So yeah, that happened. So you can't, what what we're saying is there is no circumstance anywhere now at home, out and about with friends alone in company at home, abroad. You always have to be on your guard for fucking anything at all times, don't you? times like you can't quicksand. drop your guard for a moment sinkholes in the West quicksand Midlands. fucking brain parasites <laughs> cock leeches there's no way where you can effectively be relaxed yeah you can't do it can't do it you just when gotta... you do that's when they get you isn't it mm-hmm. you gotta be on your guard at all times and next thing you know you're waist deep in quicksand because <sighs> you just wanted to was the guy okay zoot. surely the guy was okay we wouldn't be posting he's and fine discussing yeah it. okay no. cool. No, he's Turns out totally he died. fine. They... <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the story. Yeah, he's dead now. Uh... <laughs> no, no, no. The guy was totally fine. Like good, he said, 30 good. minutes and they managed to with these. And I think I have seen this ladder thing somewhere before where they kind of like they make the ladder thing and then you could put his arms on it and then they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You kind of pull as they get the suction. That's basic going. training. But that's 
crazy. Imagine he was just walking by this. That's incredible. This makes me feel like I need to like walk by more things. Just like go out and see what I can see. I did see what I thought was something bananas yesterday, but I was on a train, so I couldn't like mm. see what it was. What did you think it was? Um, but there was um, on a road that we were passing, mm. I saw like cops had blocked the road. And it was kind of like a like a frontage road type thing or whatever, kind of off parallel to the freeway, not like a big street per uh-huh. se. Yep. But so they'd blocked off the street and then I could see that there were like probably like 12 cars that were waiting. And then at the front, there was a guy standing there and like the police and some sort of confrontation oh, wow. happening. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I passed by it. It's like, wow. what's going on? And one seemed and, to be dead perp. Right. Like, I was like, I don't, I have it. it the, the guy looked white, so he's probably fine. Mm. But I was just like, what is going on? And we were like, yeah, we're just going too fast. I had no sense of where we were to like look up on the internet later. Like, you know. Did you find anything? In this. No, I didn't know what it was. Somewhere in New Jersey, police stopped a guy. <laughs> I don't know how to Google that. <laughs> but it, it, it looked like something very interesting. So, yeah, I'm going to start wandering around seeing what shenanigans I can spy. Uh, I'd rather you didn't, I think. I think I'd prefer <laughs> you to not do that. Just stay on a bus. Were you on a bus or a train? Stay on the train. It was a, it was a train, yeah. Because you get to see, you know, you get to see these things outside and they pass you by quite safely without you having to involve yourself. So, well... You know how that movie turned out? She got quite involved. Which one? The girl on the train, the woman oh, on the d- train. Yes, like... I can't remember what it's called. I can never remember the name <laughs> of that fucking film about the, the girl. Neither you know? of us can, you know. But the... One day, someone will let us know the name of the film. Yeah, I think it's like there's the girl on the train and the woman in the window. And I think that, mm. and I read both of those books and watched both of those movies. And I think that's why I'm confused. But anyway... I just needed to get that out right at the top. Quicksand. Should it be a crossover, I wonder? A crossover? Yeah, the girl on the train meets the woman in the window. There's the thought. Pay me. But anyway, hi, welcome to Jack of All Graves. Hello, everyone. It's wonderful to see you all. It's probably hot where you are, isn't it? It's probably hot everywhere. Uh, If you're in the UK, it's hot. If you're in the States, it's hot. Uh, Yeah, wherever you are. If you're in Australia, something is stalking you right now. What? If you're in Australia, something. Oh, is... just like as a just yeah. like as a general rule. Yes, at, at any given moment. I wasn't sure if there was like something specifically happening in Australia right now, but no, it's just like just because it's Australia. Yep. We have picked our watch along movie, uh, and oh. it was. Hey, it was. It was really something. It was the closest we've come to uh, to what I would call a controversial vote. Because mm. yeah, it really you know, was. you think you know your listeners, you think you know the people who mm-hmm. you. Who you you know you share this stuff with, but folks, you've surprised me. You know what I mean? You've you've yeah. properly surprised me. Uh, near and dark, this never would didn't... have happened if you'd put blood vessel on this. Like yeah, the whole true. point that's was in the, first, in the first place, <laughs> as multiple people pointed out. For some reason, you didn't put blood vessel in yeah. this poll. You, well, don't act surprised. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> at this point, please don't act surprised. Fucking Bill Paxton didn't even get a look in. Bill Paxton, one of our patron saints of Joag. It's true. And he yeah. didn't get a look in. Yeah, so our four choices were Near Dark, um, Fright Night, Dracula Dead and Loving It, and 
uh, 30 Days of Night. Oh, yes, and 30 Days of Night. And I wasn't expecting that to go well, to be honest. I wasn't expecting that to get much uh, business. (laughs) But the close race between Dracula Dead and Loving It and Fright Night was extremely unpredictable. And uh, our friend Dan was incredibly invested in Dracula Dead and Loving It. it. And unfortunately... He took it hard. um, Yeah, people really, they did not turn up for him. And uh, instead, he took it hard. Fright um, Night took it. But hey, on the bright side, look, uh, Fright Night is a belter, an absolute it's banger of a film, and um, very much looking forward to seeing it with you all next weekend. Yeah. yeah, it's always a good time. I really like that movie. Um, I did watch Near Dark for the first time. Ah, right. Yeah, you said. This says, week. I um, love your thoughts. And, well, also, by the way, just on that last note, we picked the movie. It's Fright Night, the original. Mm. Get it. Watch it with us Saturday, the 24th. That's coming right up. In so, other news that you will not be shocked by, I haven't actually checked to see if it's available anywhere in the UK. Of course. I did think about asking you about that. And then... But it's kind of... It's got to be, right? Um, but uh, I watched Near Dark, um, and it's very much a vampire movie. It totally is, uh, yes. And I did not enjoy it. <laughs> Bill Paxton's great, but I was every second of this just like I. This is a vampire movie. It's gross. It's too it's, weird, sexy. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's a pungent movie, isn't it? You can smell it. It's yeah, a fucking stinky, stinky so. movie. Yeah, like, and there's nothing leather worse jackets to me and than, fags yeah. and blood. Yeah. We don't use that word, as Ted Lasso says. You know, it's 2020. Can we start using it? <laughs> can we just start calling them cigarettes? <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, yeah, it's, like, so dirty and everything, and Mm. when you mix, like, weird sexual stuff with dirtiness, it's, like, so repulsive to me, and I'm just like, why is everybody always, like... It could do with a wash, couldn't it? Weirdly close-talking, and, like, everything is, like, just sexual, and I, ugh, sex and blood and wrists and necks, (laughs) I hated it, I hated it, it was not fun. <laughs> You've made yourself very clear. But Bill Paxton's great. I have no, I don't know. Bill Paxton's great. Uh, Lance Henriksen too is 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 excellent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's as you always know, is. They are obviously very well acted. It's weird to see Adrian Pazdar young because I just like didn't know that was ever a thing. He was like he's one of those people who I feel like he's just been forty five for yep. like twenty years, and he will always be forty five. Like it's just like a. I feel exactly the same about Lance Henriksen. The age he is in Near Dark and maybe the age he is in Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is the age that Lance Henriksen is now. Yeah, it's just just stayed there. It's yeah. like, this is my happy place. Yeah. And where I also rewatched Alien this week, but that's just, I mean, of course it's Alien. Mm. I just had a hankering, you know. Been a long time for Alien. I've seen Aliens recently, but not Alien. I was just thinking. Yeah, it was, a, it was really nice. How can it not be? It's a classic. Yeah, <laughs> it really. I mean, that's a th- when you rewatch Alien, mm. I've, especially when it's been a long time. You know, like my mom probably watches it like once a month. It's like a constant thing for her. But right. I hadn't seen it in years, and it's like every time I've almost forgotten it is. It has earned being yes. the classic, the masterpiece that it is, and being now what thirty something years old. It's just, it holds up. Everything about it holds up just as well as it did at the time. Especially, you know, because you have so much practical, you know, effects in it, including mm-hmm. all your gross 
internal organs of stuff and things like that. Like it really, you know, there's nothing to really age poorly in it. The sets yeah, work great. Quite right. The ambience works great. Uh, I guess, you know, you, you, you see alien twice. I, I think for the first time when you have no idea the order in which people are going to die, you have no idea what's coming mm. that very first time when you're brand new to it and you get to absorb, you know, it in it, it's, it's entirety. And then when you know what's coming, you've got an entirely yeah. different, experience of the film uh, and you get to and you're quite right the set design it's not you know there's a reason why every or, or so many alien properties since i'm talking you know games and, and comics and whatever have tried so slavishly to recreate the aesthetic right. in that first one that cold uh empty deserted aesthetic um yeah you know people still try to perfect it now to recreate the the vibe of that film it's gorgeous yeah. Yeah, it really is. So if you haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while, mm. head on back to that. It's a lot of fun. Um, thinking about it, Alien, the Alien verse might also be my mm -hmm. favorite because, uh, in the same way as I've got favorite vampires, I've also got favorite mm -hmm. robot films, android films, and the oh. Alien version of androids is is a really iconic one, isn't it? With the fucking milk blood and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you also actually watched one of my recommendations this week. <laughs> Which leads us into a, a bigger problem in and of itself. I sat down to watch Southbound and I was really enjoying it, right? Southbound, the Deep South uh, anthology horror piece that you first recommended to me, I, I want to say, about a month ago. Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, and it is wonderful. It's atmospheric. It's I, I didn't know anything other than it was an anthology film going in. Uh, yeah. So I was unprepared for how uh, spooky it was, how alien it was, how grisly it was, proper gory, yeah. uh, unsettling film. Um, and I nearly managed it to the end. My dear listeners, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me, but I cannot <sighs> seem to stay awake through a film uh, recently. It's been... Nope. I, I, I absolutely want to say the last four films that I've watched, I've <laughs> completely failed to remain conscious between the opening yeah. and end credits. You were literally unconscious within 10 minutes of the last Fear Street. Just uh, gone. I sent a text I, and I was like, where did he go? I remember specifically when I did not when hear from you until the next morning. I remember the exact line of dialogue that, that I heard when I fell asleep. So the, the young girl was going, they want a witch, I'll give him a witch. Bang, I fall asleep. Uh, <laughs> and I wake up and they're, they're back in the modern day. I'm like, oh, I missed some shit here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It is. You're useless for. Uh, for totally, films. completely useless. But you know, we we live in a society, as you know, uh, where I can just go back and rewatch them all because streaming and the internet. Yes, exactly. But you at least got most of the way through Southbound. It sounds like. And, yes, I did, uh, and I got a lot from it. So great wreck, Corey. Hey. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you watch some of the other ones <laughs> recommended to you. Here we go. Be a, We're off to a, a really good start. Time. <laughs> and now you actually remember what the movie is called, so it's made an impression on you, yes. which I think is a really good yep. uh, move move forward in this. Um, we did well, at least attempt to watch the Fear Street movies. I um, I quite enjoyed the second one, which you did not seem as into. Uh, um, I liked it, it a lot better than the first. It took it just took too long to get where it was headed. If it had, if it had... I felt the exact opposite. Uh, okay. I was like, oh, the first one like took forever to do anything, and like the second one, it was like, bam, you're like. <laughs> but then again, there. as soon as it got to where it was headed, I fell asleep. So, you know, I don't know. I, it's 
It's pretty bad. <laughs> My favorite thing is like you were so adamant about watching them too. Uh, like you're like, oh yeah, really, really gotta like sit and watch these things, and then just did not <laughs> make it through them. Um, Overall, my takeaway on those is I, I didn't really like the third one, um, which obviously you have no opinions on, but it mm. didn't really do anything for me. But I, well, the first half of it, the 1666 part of it didn't do anything for me. Once I got into back into the modern times, I thought that that was fun and mm. cool, but it just eh, the flashback part didn't do it for me. I hope that out of this, we get like an actual Fear Street series in the vein of Goosebumps, but just for adults. Well, um, uh, yeah, I mean, amazing. Like I think I said last week, it, the the format was the most interesting thing about about mm-hmm. Fear Street to me. Uh, you know, with release windows being what they are now, and with delivery mechanism being what they are now, and with the home experience being what it is now, surely to Christ, we can afford to take more risks in the interest of experimentation with format and try new stuff yeah. out. Let's re- you know release three fucking films in three weeks. Why not? Ah, they've done it. Yeah, three feature length movies yep. in three weeks that became like an event that people had to actually yes watch. You know, you had to if you wanted to talk about it, if you were a horror fan or whatever, you had to watch these as they came out. So mm-hmm. it's a. Uh, I think the gamble worked. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know if that's the market telling us that they, they're ready for a change in how their media is distributed to them. I mean, uh, Black Widow seems to have done awfully well, doesn't it, for yes, Disney+. Yes, Plus. indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And if it hadn't, we wouldn't know. They simply wouldn't say anything. You know. They... Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> They either tell us or they fall silent about it altogether. Mm. So, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> Which I watched Space Jam, by the way, which is not one of our kind of movies, but just speaking of not working, (laughs) boy, that was terrible. That was Space Jam. I have to like, I know that if I were to rewatch the old one, I'd go, oh, this is like a giant advertisement or whatever. But at least the way I look at it is like Michael Jordan was the biggest athlete in the world. When that movie came out, he was a celebrity no matter what. You it didn't you didn't have to watch basketball. You knew who mm. he was, and you knew who everyone else like in that orbit was. You know, like when I was a kid, I didn't watch basketball, but I knew who Larry Bird was and Scottie Pippen was, and all these people were like everyone knew who they were. Uh-huh. And then you had Looney Tunes, which is like a huge like cartoon franchise that everyone knew about. Um, and I, and like LeBron is a famous basketball player and like, he's an actor, but I don't know that like everybody knows LeBron. Right. Um, and I don't know, do kids watch Looney, do your kids watch Looney Tunes? Uh, so, uh, growing up for me, Looney Tunes would have been on as filler in between shows on British mm-hmm. TV. If something had overran or if something had underran and they had, they had like five right. minutes to plug in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah, they absolutely bang. did that here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they'd bang a Looney Tunes cartoon on, um. Uh, they have no cultural currency with my kids now. I mean, right? Yeah, I, I, it's I like don't we've think passed you could the pick age of... Out of a lineup. You know, right? Yeah, we've passed the age of Taz T-shirts and Tweety tattoos. Like uh-huh. that's not a thing anymore, and so it's like so irrelevant. And then the movie is just literally just advertising HBO Max properties. Like that's it. There's like the oh my god, this point where they go and they collect the tunes from like different properties, and it is horrifying oh, seeing like Wiley e. Coyote in Mad Max Fury Road, and like all the like there's like they're pulling them out of these properties. So he's like one of the war boys, and you're like, this is wrong. 
this is wrong. There's like um, the rooster uh, whose name I just keep forgetting. Foghorn, Foghorn Leghorn. Leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn is in Game of Thrones, and he's like, "Winter, I say, winter is coming." And I'm like, "No, fucking stop. stupid. That is stupid. No, that is no, no, literally no, no, no. an advertisement." It really, it's uh. yeah. And the story is just bad. Everything about it's bad. So again, this is not a horror movie, but I'm just if you're thinking about that, I just I don't recommend it. Uh. I have absolutely no basketball knowledge, right? None. You'll be shocked to hear. None at all. What? And also, I think I'm part of a uh, a subset of British people who get their entire uh, baseball knowledge from one particular episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that oh, softball no. episode of The Simpsons, I believe... Uh, many, many millions of UK blokes get our entire knowledge of baseball from that one episode of The Simpsons. That's incredible. There it that, is. That, like, blows my mind. Mm-hmm. As a giant baseball fan and former softball player. But the Simpsons really does a lot to spread American culture. Oh, it really the does. World. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's probably more than any any single pop culture product the simpsons has spread us everywhere. oh the huge majority of my ideas and knowledge and just opinions about <laughs> about america and what america is are directly from the <laughs> from the simpsons 100%. from a show making fun of all of yes. our yes, ideas yeah. and and yeah you know some just some prejudices of my own then just sprinkled on the top <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can see that i can definitely see that um I also watched Manhunter, which is, this is like a weird movie week for me. I watched Manhunter, which is another one that people really like. So it's like Red Dragon before Red Dragon, um, 1985, yes. 1986, something it, uh, like that. It was great to the see first Heat Hannibal. quite recently and seeing some of the cast members uh, from Manhunt and Heat, I believe. Mm. Yeah, possibly. Or I think of the Sons of the Lambs, one or the other. It's, yeah, it's a it gets a lot of love. Mm. Um, and like, even on Letterboxd, it's like, it's got like a 3.7 or something like that, where Red Dragon has like a 3.2. And it is like cheesy as all get out. I'd be very curious, anyone listening who wants to give their thoughts on Manhunter and why you love it. Um, but it is, it's so cheesy. It really, the feel of it is pure Skinamax. Okay. Like, you know, late night softcore porn. It's like the music is like that. The tone is like that. Like everything about it is, is like that. Um, but with a serial killer instead. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was weird. I was like, I feel like I'm watching a different movie than everyone else did. And at the end of it, like, you know, it has this, you know, beach scene or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is going to end in like a breakfast club style freeze frame, isn't it? And it did 100% did. So. Called hmm. it. Not for me. Oh, I've made my triumphant return to the cinema uh, this week, which was lovely. Yes. Finally got out and got to see The Purge. Or, you know, most of it. Uh, oh, did you fall asleep in the theatre too? I did. Yeah, I did. But I, I caught the vast majority of The Purge. It was good to get out. I mean, it was good to go and nap somewhere else. You know what I mean? It was, mm. it was, it was Good to go and have a what sleep is, in a I'm different room. I'm worried about you. Like, yeah, did you too. get bit by something? I think like, I've got like dengue what? fever. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on here? This is a little troubling, Mark. It's, I don't know, it's the heat. It's the fact that I'm very, very tired. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm going to set myself a target to uh, 
fully watch at least one movie in the next week. But okay. it was great to be out. It was great to be out. So yeah. for that alone. Yeah. Um, and uh, you didn't like The Purge as much as I did. Mm. Uh, I quite enjoyed it. You thought it was just okay. But it... Oh, go ahead. No, I did. I did just think it was okay. But it doesn't at all dent my enthusiasm for The Purge-verse. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You soak up the odd shit chapter, you know what I mean? When you're into a series. And I, I still consider <laughs> myself a Purge fan. Yeah. Uh, but it did kind of prompt us to think about like how mm. how we would uh, go through a purge. Uh, <laughs> how would do you... you want to? No, no, I'd I'd quite like you to start actually, because I've got some. <laughs> well, you no, tell me. You tell be, me. Yours is going to be elaborate, and uh, well, here's the thing. I think I've made it clear as we've talked about like zombies and stuff like that, that like I, I have like a low threshold for survival. Like if I'm going to have to be survivalist yeah. about something, uh-huh. I'm not interested in surviving it. So like, I've got you. Yeah. So I'm not going to be like out, right? Like I'm a lock it down person. I'm definitely uh, like, you know, fortify my living space. Right. And that's, that's a guess in kind of person. So you're but, not, you're not participating. You're going to just lock. Well, no, wait, eh, 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 hold on. Okay. Hold on a second. I think that over the course of the year, or maybe a couple of years, if it takes that long, yep. I amass a group of nerds. Okay. And we figure out how to bring the fucking banks down. I see. That's what I do in my bunker. And then that day, when we have that time, when it's legal to do it, we yep. hunker down in my fortified basement mm-hmm. and we erase Hack. debt. I got it. We yeah, erase nice. student loans. We crush capitalism. That's what I do with The Purge. It would make an excellent uh, kind of B plot to one of the movies. <laughs> right. You know I mean, while there's the action out on the streets, you've got the kind of yeah. the, the, the nerds. nerds in the basement yeah. bringing down capitalism. While mm-hmm. we know, uh, while the world's looking at the purge, they were they were doing their thing. Really nice. A little misdirection. Mm, yeah. Brilliant. So nice. that's my that's my purge involvement. Uh, I would not be doing that. I think what is clear is that I would be participating. I would certainly yes. be taking my part in the purge. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> I think uh, as years go by, I would have different themes for each year. I would do like theme years. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, so why not? Let's maybe, get festive. Maybe one year. Oh, great. It's third year. I'm going to do just knives this year. I'm just going to do close quarters knives. I'm going to go out just with knives. And if I survive that, maybe the year after I'll go. Uh, so you're just... just killing random people. This is your your purge. Is you're just going to go out and get stabby stabby? Or not do you necess- have like no. targets? Uh, no, I'm dedicating myself to one kind of crime per year, maybe. So it's, sure. it's the okay. stabbings one year. Maybe. But who do you stab? <laughs> oh, whoever, mate. Whoever. There'll be loads of people <laughs> trying to fuck with you on Purge Night. You won't, you know. Okay. Uh, yes, I would. I would. I would make a theme of maybe one year. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be into murder at all. Maybe one year, I would just be. A, I don't know. A fucking drug gigantic drug runner or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would concentrate on a different atrocity each year and do a load mm. of that atrocity. It's part of your your mentality of you know never leave a feeling unfelt. Exactly, or a, or I would experience undone. Just pick all of the horrible things I could possibly think of and just tick them off year by year. <laughs> there you go. That sounds right. Yeah, the chaos. Chaos. Yeah. Is yeah. Your uh, yes. And and approach. Yeah. Every year, if I make it, I'll decide on next year's. And it'll be great. 
that that would be that would be what was going on on the streets and then downstairs we'd have the nerds bringing down yeah. the banks exactly Fucking solid Just chapter so. of the purge i think i know right that actually kind of works out i would follow the story of the like what if that was a running thread through the purge movies that we just there's just one guy who is doing his annual weird like oh this year's theme that's a great shout if they'd only known how (laughs) successful purge was going to be during part one they could have weaved that in what's that guy up to oh here he is what's he doing this year (laughs) what's he doing what's he up to (laughs) i think both our brands are very present in those approaches good to the purge and if there were like a forever here's the thing I think that I'm, like, such, like, a, a mom about things and, like, such a prep person mm. that, like, I could stay in my bunker for a good amount of time. Like, there'd be enough stuff to to keep me, like, chill while the white supremacists work their shit out. Up forever time. purge is too long. I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Too long is... Uh, forever is just too long for a purge event. Forever is too long for a purge. You know, but they can't be like at my door all the time. So, exactly. you know, go out, do some shit and then come back in. And it wouldn't be like that. It, it would be inconvenient if it was a forever yeah. purge. It would. It, it would. It would be inconvenient. Yeah. yeah. Trying to get the kids ready. <laughs> they have to go to school. But are the are the what do they call themselves? I forget what they're called. But yeah, are they are they in the neighborhood today? Yeah. Ugh. Shit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to homeschool today <sighs> that's the part that you don't really think because you're only seeing like the well, beginning of the forever purge in that like on yeah, that like right a giant pain. tangentially related okay i mean joag has for me at least been an absolute pandemic diary yes uh mm-hmm. we've we've cataloged the pandemic with joag pretty much we haven't, we haven't you know dedicated entire episodes to it but it's been a constant kind of theme of our conversation over the past almost a year and we, as I speak to you now, we're on the cusp of something new in the UK. So tomorrow, despite the fact, despite the fact. Yeah. Tomorrow, well, okay. Tomorrow is quote unquote Freedom Day, right? Freedom Day. Freedom Day. Like Freedom even Day. listening to it sounds Freedom like Day. the thing you call it Freedom in a movie Day. before yeah. everything goes to hell. Yeah. Freedom like you can Day. tell it's bad. Uh, Larger scale gatherings, masks are off. You can, you know, nightclubs are open, blah, 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 blah. And yet... There's more COVID than there's been since January. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. I saw that. A friend of mine, she went to, so, you know, when you travel, you have to get a COVID test Mm. for most places before you go. Mm. So she went to go get a COVID test before she's um, going to, I think, the U.S. Virgin Islands. And um, the nurse there had said that they're getting tons of positive tests and they're all coming from vaccinated people or most of them are coming from vaccinated people because the Delta variant doesn't give a fuck. It will still get you. They're not showing symptoms. These people aren't sick and they're surprised to find out that they have it. But that's how bananas the spread of this Delta variant is that like your vaccine is not going to like keep you from getting it. You just probably won't get. So you'll get it, but you're just going to pass it to people. I see. Yeah. And who knows what that like what the impact of that is for like long COVID and stuff like that. too. Well, yeah, exactly. And further mutations further. Right. Yeah. So it's not great to have, you know, to yeah, keep your masks on, like just uh, limit the amount of people. Because the thing is, it's like you can get it like basically just from like passing people is the thing with this one that it's not like a worse strain, but it's just like it passes super easy. So you just like you can just get it anywhere. So mask Uh, up, folks. But yes, more more to come, I'm sure. But yes, no masks required in public tomorrow. Not that that's going to change my behavior in the slightest. 
<laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's the thing is it's kind of people will keep doing whatever they were doing realistically. Yep. Um, but yeah, the numbers are going up here as well. My weather app tells me the COVID cases every day. And it went from being like, oh, there were like 30 in the state of New Jersey for like ages to now today. I think it was 952. Wait, your weather app yeah. tells you that. That feels like my weather creep. app tells me that. Talk I have no idea why. Function creep. You don't want that. <laughs> it's going to rain. And also five people died of COVID. Today. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh. Thanks. Thank you. Weather channel. It's, it's really nice. Um. Yeah. But anyway, that's not what we came here to talk about. What we came here to talk about was actually sort of just generally uh, the weird state of the world. Yeah. So look, we're like Dr. Manhattan, right? Watching the earth from afar. <laughs> never intervening. No, never mm. intervening, but cursed Prime to watch mankind's affairs <laughs> and document the questions that they raise in our minds. And there's a lot of it mm. going on. And, and lot, a lot of it is is uh, very Joag adjacent um, yeah, it was kind of one of these weeks where, like, people kept sending us stuff and we kept sending each other things and mm. we were like, like, shit is bananas. This world is crazy. So why don't we just, like, talk about some of that? We're not normally a current events type podcast, but there's just, like, there's just, like, a lot of weird and I think we both agree we should talk about it. Yeah, yeah, we're going to throw some topics around. It might, yeah. Some might land with you, some might not, but this is the stuff that's kind of grabbed our attention over the past couple of weeks. There's... Uh, you know, I I I feel lucky to have lived in such times as these, man. It's never boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you were left nonplussed by this, but uh, you know we're keeping our close eye on uh, procedurally generated fucking, uh, you uh, know, yes. mystifications AI. and, and yeah. prestidigitation of a digital sort. Uh, I, I guess it's common knowledge that you can pretty much make anyone dead or alive say anything at this point. Um, right. But the fact that Anthony Bourdain is is about to undergo that, yes, digital and, necromancy. And this has been people reacted real poorly to this. Uh-huh. Um, there was so uh, Paul had posted a specific quote about this um, in our Facebook page. Except there's a so there's a new documentary coming mm. out about Anthony Bourdain. Uh, it said there's a moment at the end of the film's second act when the artist David Cho, a friend of Bourdain's, is reading aloud an email Bourdain had sent him. Um, he says, dude, this is a crazy thing to ask, but I'm curious. Cho begins reading, and then the voice fades into Bourdain's own. Um, and then it has the quote. Um, says, I asked Neville how on earth he'd found an audio recording of Bourdain reading his own email. Throughout the film, Neville and his team used stitched together clips of Bourdain's narration pulled from TV, radio, podcasts, and audiobooks. But there were three quotes where I wanted his voice. For that, there were no recordings of. So he got in touch with a software company, gave it about a dozen hours of recordings, and created an AI model of his voice. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> a lot of people uh, don't enjoy that. Yeah, a lot of people are real angry about that use of AI for something that obviously, you know, Bourdain had no idea or intention of. I wonder why this particularly is the one that's that's, uh, you know, shaking people up. I mean, right. he's we... such a beloved figure, uh-huh. and I think people project and i don't want to make this sound like people are wrong to feel like this is gross no, no, you no. know like I, like we all know i hate ai and i don't like it uh and it being used for all kinds of things i'm not as bothered by this as others even as a huge anthony bourdain fan mm. um but he's such a beloved character i think a lot of people project their themselves onto anthony bourdain because he was so influential on so many of our lives you know he he really 
we think of him as an extension of us mm. in a lot of ways because he had such an impact. Um, and so I see a lot of people being like, oh, he would absolutely hate this. You know, what a violation. Um, and to have someone who ended his own life than to have it prolonged through AI, I think seems like a particular mm. uh, issue, like as opposed to like, like Tupac was killed, right? Like he didn't end his own life. So the idea of bringing him back at Coachella doesn't necessarily seem like an affront to his wishes for his life to end. Um, is it not closer again, to something like puppetry? How so? Well, uh, I consider the AI, I consider the the synthesized voice to be just another means of producing an image, producing an effect, producing a sound. Right. You're not you're, you're not digging the guy up and forcing him to speak these words. <laughs> right. You're you're using technology to give the appearance of something in yeah, and, in the same way as you would a puppet or makeup or costume. Or an actor for that yes. matter. I mean, that was kind of the way I looked at this is so he ended his life. Yeah. And now there's a documentary about it anyway. Well, look, The, the Crown say... is on TV, right? Which stars Gillian right, yeah. Anderson as Margaret yeah. Thatcher. Is that an affront to Margaret Thatcher because she yeah. didn't... saying things she would never say. Margaret Thatcher didn't say those she things. she would never do. Well, you okay. know, like, and, and we're used to that. We're adjusted to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to that kind of thing. And I think I was looking... So Britney Spears has been, like, ranting on her Instagrams lately, finally getting to sort of speak for herself yeah um and she actually called out those documentaries that were made about her that caused so many people to take the free britney side mm. she's like those just dug up all of this past that i was mm. over and trying to you know get past now people are bringing all this stuff back up and whatnot and like you know anthony bourdain could say the same thing like this documentary in and of itself dredges up a life that i didn't want you have my body of work you know yeah. and any biopic about a dead person that person could come back and be like i did not tell you to do this yeah so there's so many things ethically you could question about any representation of a dead person yeah completely and, I don't and that think... is what it is it isn't yeah a... i don't think this is beyond what we already do you, yeah, you, people are like, well, there's no consent. He wouldn't have consented. Well, you don't yeah. need anyone's figure to write. <laughs> they never do. Exactly, dead people don't exactly, ever consent exactly. to anything. I can, I can put a dead figure as a character in anything I write and make them say whatever yeah. I want to make them say within yeah. the confines of a fiction. Um, I'm just yeah. using a computer to Paul do Walker it is in Fast and Furious exactly. 7. Like, you know, like, it's just... Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand the concerns that people have, but I think the concerns are they have a lot Nonsense. to do more with like well, it has a, no it has a lot more to do with i think like our stress about the ai technology and then about like our protectiveness of bourdain's legacy yes yes yeah you know that more than anything else is like a feeling like i don't want yeah i don't want anything tarnishing that you know so i think actually um bringing back a uh, photorealistic facsimile of departed performers is one of the only non uh you know negative like uses terrible yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's one of the only <laughs> that, that at least might have a little bit of creative impetus a little bit of potential to do some good to add something there right uh, as yeah. opposed to literally every other use for it, which is duplicitous and wrong. Yeah. Everything else Everything is malicious else. and terrible. And Except, that is like one thing yeah. that you might be able to do. use for good. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it, haven't we always 
like you said, kind of with puppetry or whatever, but haven't we always tried to do that with mm-hmm. figures? It's why we have wax statues and museums and things like that, you know? Like, yes. we're trying, to, or animatronic Abe Lincoln. You think Abe Lincoln was exactly like, that. oh, I hope someday they make a robot of me and put it in Disneyland. Like, but, yeah, no, but at the same time, not. I bet the Lincoln estate didn't go, our oh, Uncle Abe would never have agreed to this. It, shut up. <laughs> it's it's a, literally a puppet. That's all it is. It's puppet. Right. Yeah, so I think it, it's a it's a weird sort of cross-section of various mm. concerns in society where it's, this is one of the least terrible uses of AI that I've seen, but it's just, it's hitting a lot of nerves for people. Uh, well, I advise those people that it's not, it's fine, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Good call, Mark. Good I'm not call. being antagonistic or anything, but it's actually fine. Uh, let's see, what else? <laughs> Um, uh, we've got one from here. Uh, actually, no, let's, uh, let's go with this one. Um, this was brought to our attention on our Instagram by Sam Skevington. Yes. Ah, oh, my good Sam friend, Skevington. Sam Skevington. Okay. Uh, and this was, uh, the headline read, man finds 18th century ornamental building made of teeth Wonderful. at the bottom of his garden. Wonderful. 25 years after he moved in. Uh, and I'm just, I'm going to like read from this article cracks me up because everyone, nobody seems phased by this. Like there is this thing made of teeth. They're just like, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Thing full of teeth. So here's what happened. <laughs> For over two decades, John Bostock had no idea that hidden beneath the wild section of his garden, there was a gothic folly dating back to the mid 1700s. I'm not entirely sure what a folly is, but I guess it's like a, like a... It was compared to a grotto, I guess, in this. Yeah, a folly is um, just a really expensive kind of indulgence of, of it's a it's it's an affectation. It's just something you build because you've got too much money. It doesn't really serve any purpose. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, it was only as he prepared to move from his house in Birmingham and decided to tidy the section up that he found the 12-foot ornate brick structure decorated with oyster shells, bones, and teeth nice. from cows and sheep. Uh, he made the incredible discovery on We know that. We, we know they're not human teeth. Yeah, they don't look like human teeth. They're way too big. <laughs> uh, I mean, who knows if there's some in there, but it looks like they're all cow teeth. Um, he made the discovery, and after speaking to experts, he believes it was something built by aristocrats to admire in the garden as part of a manor house, which previously stood on the site. Those so crazy rich people building teeth huh? houses. Yeah. <laughs> They estimate it from the mid-1700s, but they need to do more research because there's still a lot of stuff to uncover. They're saying that, like other follies, it's quite likely it was a secluded area to go down to relax and maybe the lady of the manor would go down there for a bit of peace and quiet. So there's a health and well-being element to it, which is very timely in these days, and people do seem relaxed in this sort of place. Good. A nice, relaxed place of well-being made of teeth. (sighs) Where you can just go take a cuppa, you know what I mean? Just yeah, really just take it in, you yeah. know. Uh, apparently, they used whatever was to hand on hand from local slaughterhouses and butchers. Hmm. Quite often, sheep bones and sometimes cows. Just, just imagine, like, just going to the slaughterhouse. Like, what you got for me? Uh, I got some sheep's teeth today. Great. That's gonna look awesome in my garden. Yeah, and the building that I'm gonna construct from it. It's so- weird it's so weird and if uh, you know we'll link to this on the blog as always 
but it is it's very ornate and there is some it's a beautiful piece of work it is actually teeth. a really really nice piece of work yeah it's just also fundamentally disgusting <laughs> exactly if you didn't know what it was and you were just kind of yeah. looking at it from a distance you're like wow that's really that's really interesting and then you go and you're like oh i'm sitting with a whole bunch of teeth um which is which is gross but it's also apparently only about a mile outside of city center of birmingham so i guess you could go see it if you wanted to well i would i'd love but to that's yeah, it's one of the reasons why yeah. it was so surprising this guy. He's like, I like live in the city. And this was just <laughs> on my property. Um, yeah, so that's that was a fun one. Thank you for that, Sam. Uh, yes, have you lost a foot? Have you lost a <laughs> foot? Do you know what has become of one of your feet? Did you, in 2014, mysteriously lose one of your feet? Because if you did, I think I'm good. No, I made mine into tacos. We've already talked. About yes, that. you did, of course. Um, but if you did, uh, the Lincolnshire police need to talk to you. Um, many, many years ago, a foot was discovered, and nobody can fucking work out uh, where this foot came from. Um, we can do a lot with forensics. We can, for example, determine that it was of a woman aged over sixteen, around five foot two. But somewhere out there, there is a woman around about five foot two uh, who is missing a foot. And I love it. I absolutely love it. It's, I, it's such a, a weird situation. Mm. Like to find a foot. Yep. You know, it makes more sense for it to be from murder yep. than it does for it to just have been like misplaced. If it's just misplaced from medical waste, how? Why? Why just the foot? Was someone playing soccer with it? Like what On that was, particular happened? Path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What happened that this foot by itself ended up on a walk path? Mm. I don't... What were the plans? Did someone like... Is there someone who has been stealing these parts? Like they drive the truck that takes the waste away and it's, they stole a foot and then they misplaced it? There's no explanation that, that wouldn't be outlandish. It's perfect. It's it's you know, it's the first yeah. couple of minutes of a of a of a movie, isn't it? The the, the adventures of that fucking foot. How did it come to be there? Who's boss yeah. it? Where's it gone now? Because there's no reasonable explanation. Not someone a single knows. thing hmm. that you would be like, Oh, okay, yeah, no, 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 no. That makes that makes sense. No, there's absolutely not. And it could have been anyway. Could have been absolutely anyway. In fact, um, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. The first, our very, very first episode, right? Our very, very first cold open where I talk about uh, invoking oh, the Tokolosh. Yeah. Um, that very same group of people uh, who uh, we were working with in Cape Town, one of the ladies from that party, one of the girls from that party was like 15, 20 minutes late into work one morning. Um, and, you know, obviously just quite casually asked where she'd been. On her way to work, walking across a beach between her home and her workplace, she came across a human hand just lying in the sand, just washed up on the on the sea, right there on the that. beach on the way to work. Crazy there shit. There are enough horrors in the sea without adding human hands. Well, there are. And what I'd love you to take away from this last story, hands on the beach, feet in the street. Uh, oh. <laughs> it could be anywhere. It could have happened anywhere. Uh, that guy could have found it in the quicksand earlier yep. today. Just waist deep and quicksand, severed hands. limbs, AI. Listen, uh, just to throw in a little bit of levity here. Very sad news from uh, Wisconsin this week. Very oh. sad news, in fact, as the world's tallest horse has died <laughs> this week in Wisconsin at age 20, 20 years old. Um, yeah, I assume that's an old horse, but I don't know how old horses. Oh, in horse years, as old as shit. 
Old and tall. So, a couple of questions for you. Have a guess for me how uh, tall this horse was. Biggest horse in the world. Tallest oh, horse in the I world. Sh- I should know this because I there was a great tweet where this guy was like, uh, I heard the the tallest horse in the world died, so I Googled to see how tall that horse was. And that was a tall horse. And he posted <laughs> like the Wikipedia big. page. It's very with, big. Like, the, a picture and the height. Um, but I don't remember. I don't remember how. What if I were to tell you that this horse was uh, 6 foot 10, nearly 2.1 meters Imagine that. Imagine that. I know a guy who's seven feet tall. There you go. And so I'm picturing a horse as tall as Jonathan Moore. And that is, I look like a toy every time I stand next to him. Uh, (laughs) Second (laughs) question. The the horse's name was made up of two words, right? One of which is an adjective. So would you get a guess what what this horse is called? Um, Is it tall horse? Uh, no, the horse was called Big Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Big Jake. Big you Jake. think they changed his name once he got tall? Like he, he was, was just regular Jake. Regular Jake's gone big. Yeah. <laughs> now he's Big Jake. <laughs> so this entire episode is dedicated to the people of Wisconsin. Uh, mm, in sorry for your loss. What must be quite a difficult time. Uh, Big Jake's owner, Jerry Gilbert. Uh, was quoted as saying, it's very quiet at the farm. Uh, the other horses, no. I think they have their own grieving time because JQ is the centre of the attention around here. There's a huge void. It feels like he's still here, but he's not. Are horses normally, like, loud? I don't know about loud. I have a personal fear of horses. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really into horses. They always seem quite complicated, quite into their shit. You know what I mean? They're always they always quite sneeze highly... on me every yeah. time I get near <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. Yep. It's gross. One of the funniest things I've ever seen happened with a horse. Would you like to? Would you like me to share it with you? I would love for you to share that. So uh, I'm guessing I would have been around six, maybe seven, right? No older. Mm-hmm. And where I grew up in South Wales, we had like fields behind the house where people would keep horses. And of a Sunday, my dad and I would often take a walk down there and feed them just leftover veg that we had at the house, right? Sure. My dad was in the middle of some bullshit about how he's always had like this kinship with horses and they've always oh, just gosh. got on really well. And just horses, <laughs> we just seem to understand one another. And I'm not even kidding. He was mid-sentence when this horse just leans into frame and just munches the fucker on the shoulder. Arr! <laughs> just bites his arm. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll remember that to the day I die. But oh, that's beautiful. you people of Wisconsin, that's a tough fucking deal, man. Don't be despair don't be you know dismayed that big jake has died simply celebrate that big jake existed mm, it's a real little sebastian situation it is, it really is. but it, but the opposite sebastian yeah <laughs> i guess so it's the opposite of little sebastian it's big, big jake, jake is big <laughs> touche mark i stand corrected uh, uh <laughs> what do you got for us what you got uh, a an article from Sky News hmm. about a third eye invented to stop smartphone zombies from bumping into things. Um, yeah, I thought this was this was a fun fun one. Also, as we were just talking about AI, a South Korean industrial designer named Pang Min Wook, who is twenty eight, um, created a robotic eyeball that can be strapped to a person's forehead, allowing them to browse injury free. Hmm. Uh, it would um. He called it a satirical solution. So he's really just trying to point out that there's a problem. He's trying to make people recognize that 
their gadget addiction is so bad mm. that the human body cannot, you know, sort of adjust to what they've done. And so we have to create something to make up for the fact that we're so addicted we can't look up from our phone. So the device, called the third eye, senses when the user's head has been lowered to look at the phone, and it then opens its translucent eyelid. When the person comes within one or two meters of an obstacle, the third eye beeps to warn them of danger. Mr. Pang said... This is the look of future mankind with three eyes. It's a pretty cool looking little th- gadget. I'm not going to lie. I, I did actually catch sight of this. And yes, it does look quite cool. And I would wait. It looked cooler than fucking Google Glass ever did anyway. Yeah, exactly. Ah. Yeah, that just Google Glass just made you look like an asshole. It did. It really did. It, Snapchat it was... still made the best eyewear. I never actually got to see any of those. Were they, were they cool? Oh, do they still, cool do they still sell them? I don't know. Hmm? I'm not sure. Probably not. But you're quite right. Google Glass just made you look like a fucking tool. It was just an idiot fucking, you know, um, early warning system, wasn't it? You know. <laughs> uh, exactly. All this makes me think of is evolution. I mean, if if we're walking around with our heads down, who's to say 50,000 years down the line, we won't have fucking well, eyes exactly. glaring out of the top of our heads. Yeah, uh, I think that's kind of what he was insinuating there is that yes. eventually... Our bodies will have to adjust to what we've done to them through uh, through the use of this technology. But again, you can look at our blog and see an actual picture of what that looked like. But, you know, I was walking through New York City yesterday and, you know, going through like the train station, which, of course, is full of tourists mm. and uh, people in like a crush trying to get from place to place in a crowded station and there's always just like one person staring at their phone as they walk who's holding everyone up come on get it together so this one really hit close to home to me today after all my time in transit yesterday (sighs) i i you know you we're kidding with uh, we're kidding ourselves i think if we think that we're going to make it to another evolutionary stage oh yeah no we're done that's very, very <laughs> optimistic to think that we've got time left in the fucking bank to be no, growing new eyes out the top of our heads. Fuck no. no. Uh, <laughs> there will be no X Men. We no, have we've botched that chance. Uh, but yeah, the sure. thought is nice. And just to wrap up, uh, what would you say would be the worst thing you could find under your bed while sleeping? <laughs> A person. Uh, okay, that would that would be bad. <laughs> That's the scariest thing to me. I don't know, but I feel like you're going to tell me there's something worse. Uh, what about 18 snakes? 18? <laughs> uh, yes, one parent snake and... Uh, too many snakes, too, too many snakes. Many snakes. Uh, yeah, 18 baby snakes. Um, well, they're babies. They are babies, but even though that's also pretty disgusting. Like that bit in Temple of Doom where they slice <laughs> the boa constrictor and all of the little mm. baby snakes come out. Um, yeah, she thought she saw a piece of fluff on the floor, uh, squinting in the middle of the night, uh, rolled over and picked up a baby snake off the carpet and then found another 17 under her bed in Georgia. This This was in Georgia. Our Georgia or Mm, the Georgia over there? No, yours, yours, your Georgia. What? Could have been anyone. It could have been you. (laughs) That night. What? How? Why? Well. Why? I don't understand this. Were there more details? How did they, how there, did there are, end up being? There are, there are plenty of details. There are quotes. Uh, <laughs> she found a mother snake and 17 babies. That's what it was. A snake that had entered her home. We don't quite know from where. 
uh, had decided to get warm under her bed and spawn. Oh, I'm going to do something to keep underneath my bed cool. I'm going to put a fan down there. Or you something. should, or like a load of cats. <laughs> I will not be able to breathe, but we will Absolute not have snakes. Load. Oh, yeah, of course, you're allergic to cats too, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> extremely yes uh yeah no that would not work out for me oh to be fair i'd rather 18 snakes than 18 spiders Mm. i hate spiders i don't i don't mind snakes because they don't have legs i'm only bothered by things with legs so snakes are not a problem to me i i I hate spiders more than snakes snakes i gotta handle i think yeah if I found them, I'd be like, nah, what do I do with these? But then I'd just like pick up the snakes. And yeah, same, same, same. Just whoop. If there were spiders, I would be like, I have to burn this place down. Yeah, sure. Because I can't just pick them up. And... I could pick up a snake. Yeah, no problem. Just not spiders. I can't pick up a spider. I've tried. I try to talk myself into it. You ever do that when like you're really scared of something and so you we'll just like. Give yourself like... a pep talk. Yeah, you're like, this mm. is in your brain. That can't hurt you. It's going to be fine. And I will, like, try to do that with, like, a spider. And and it's, like, the second it touches me, I'm, like, crying. <laughs> like, nope. No, no, I can't, actually. That was very yeah. similar to the pep talk. I remember giving myself the one and only time that I've eaten a moth. Uh, I swallowed a moth once. While you I'm... said that, that, like, that's, like, a thing that you just, you know, like, all the times that we eat moths. No, it's just the one time. I uh, swallowed a moth whilst obviously very 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 drunk um but on purpose or like it flew into your mouth no on purpose i took it by the hand and i swallowed it uh no why i won't do it again (laughs) that's good news Hmm. it's really good news i've definitely like i have had a moth in my mouth but not on purpose (laughs) i once got one stuck under my eyelid that was not pleasant (laughs) It was just flapping under my eyelid, and I was like, we were both panicking. <laughs> Didn't know how to deal with the situation. I was on my bike. Not great. <laughs> Not one of my better memories. Look, hey, anytime anything nasty or weird can happen to anyone anywhere, right? So uh, please do, please. The only favor we ask of you is that you stay vigilant and look after yourselves, <laughs> all right? Be careful. All we're asking is be careful, because it's... Life in 2021 is difficult, right? It is, yeah. So don't make it any more difficult than it has to be. Just be vigilant, be prepared, and be ready. And if you can't be any of those things, please tell us about it afterwards. Yes. We know where we are. You know where to find us. On jackofallgraves.com. On all your things for podcasts. Jack yep. of all graves. Yep. On the Instagram, Jack of all graves pod. On the yep. Twitter, Jack of all graves. And hey... Leave us some stars and reviews and all that kind of stuff so we can Mm -hmm. expand our listenership and we can make this community as big and bright and shining as it should be. And get your ass to Discord next Saturday. Mm, Yes. It's going to be a grand old time. We will be enjoying Fright Night 85 and Bill Paxton will be spinning in his grave. (laughs) (laughs) Our apologies to Dan once again. We love you and to everyone else. Stay spooky, friends. Good night, all.